Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of sports, DFS, and gambling. With over five years of hot takes and millions of downloads later... I guess he's been doing something right. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello and welcome to the show, folks. The Super Bowl is over, and obviously we have the aftermath of everything that transpired. You know, gotta be honest, I still have been watching the Super Bowl... Playing it back through a couple of times. Still can't get over the Chiefs winning that game. Mainly because of how it went down. Because the Eagles... You know... (laughs) You are up 10. Going into halftime. Patrick Mahomes re-injured his ankle. I I have to wonder if he had injured that ankle in the third quarter instead of right before halftime. Maybe the Eagles thought the game was over because the weirdest thing about everything that went down in that game is the fact that the Eagles, despite the fact that they were up, they were up, still resorted to keep chucking the ball when they were up. The Eagles got completely away from the game plan that worked all year for them. You know, as much as you could say, you know, they've got A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. Jalen Hurts chucking the ball 35-plus times is not their standard operation of play. It's just not. So, to be honest, the Eagles have got to be taking the L for this one, especially Sirianni. So, it, you know, and we'll get to the nonsense of uh, the coaching hires because we, we we got we got to go through this one, but yeah, just upon you know seeing the Super Bowl uh, a good four times now, it, it it's unmistakable that the Eagles just got caught up in the moment because I know they could say whatever they want about the field conditions and the turf. Yes, we all know the turf was a joke. The $800,000 gorilla in the room being the turf that still wasn't even remotely ready for NFL play because the Cardinals were growing this natural grass turf to be rolled out for the Super Bowl. Like, it was a joke. Absolute joke. Because no one had proper footing. But guess what? Both teams played on that field. So as much as uh, the Eagles want to gripe about how they couldn't get traction, this, that, and the other, the Chiefs were able to run the ball on the turf. The Chiefs were able to generate a pass rush against Jalen Hurts on that turf. Why couldn't the Eagles do the same to Patrick Mahomes? And mind you, 
an injured Patrick Mahomes who re-injured his ankle during the game. No pass rush from the Eagles. The running game almost non-existent as they opted to keep throwing the ball. I think Philly took themselves out of the game, uh, out of their running game more than the Chiefs took, uh, uh, Chiefs effectively stopped it. it. It just was bizarre play calling, to say the least, uh, for the Eagles. And again, could it just be the lack of experience between all the coaches involved on the Eagles sideline versus the Chiefs? And then the fact that, again, the Eagles hadn't played that many teams of the Chiefs caliber. The Chiefs were the best team the Eagles played all year. They just didn't play that. They didn't play quality teams. It is what it is. You know, you can only play who's on your schedule, but the Eagles did not play top caliber competition. It was it was a very strange year in the NFC where if you didn't align with certain divisions, you, weren't, you just weren't going to play good teams this year. Not to say the Eagles weren't a good team, but they just weren't tested, and it showed in the Super Bowl when they needed it most. Like they did not have the poise the Chiefs did. To the Chiefs, it was another walk uh, day uh, day in the life, and you know they went about their business. No, Patrick can't scramble. Patrick can't do the normal things. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna actually shift to a power run game, which the Chiefs really <laughs> aren't. Aren't special as that, but Pacheco did the job, and Bianami uh, did line. And again, I want to like be clear about this. Andy Reid calls the plays, but Bianami has to set up all those formations based off of what the Eagles are running. So again, all this talk about oh well, we got to get and doesn't Sirianni call the plays for the Eagles? So why is Stetchin uh, a hotter coaching candidate than Bianami? We're going to get into the coaching hires as well, because both Eagles coordinators are going to get, uh, have gotten jobs, uh, already because, uh, Gannon, uh, the defensive coordinator is going to the Cardinals and Stetchen is going to be the Colts head coach. No Eric Bianami. We're going to talk about that, uh, with my dad in, in, in a little short while, but you know, again, at a certain point, their experience matters, and I just didn't see it with the Eagles where they were prepared for adversity. As soon as they faced it, to me, the Eagles kind of turned inward. When the Chiefs were facing adversity, they just stepped up to the challenge and got it done. That's the championship caliber that people have been missing uh, in terms of the Chiefs over the years where, you know, you can keep trashing them. I mean, I just said the Chiefs were the third best team in the AFC, and I still believe it. But the thing that the Chiefs were able to do in order to beat the Bengals, the poise, and they did it again against the Eagles with an injured Mahomes. They had poise under pressure. Didn't crack. That's why That's why Buffalo is lacking uh, the way where Buffalo... Could have done it to the Chiefs the last couple of years. Couldn't get the job done. They didn't have the poise. It matters. It matters. It just It's just as simple as that. So we're going to get more coaching hires. 
Um, it it's almost a lock at this point. Uh, it's just a, basically getting the terms and conditions. But it looks like Bieniemy is leaving the Chiefs to be the uh, Washington's offensive coordinator slash assistant head coach. But here's the thing: he didn't have a choice. The number one thing people seem to forget with everything going on with the Chiefs, there was never once a mention of the Chiefs offering Eric Bieniemy a big contract extension and pay raise. Not once. So everyone's saying, why would Bieniemy leave? Why would Bieniemy leave? How could he leave the Chiefs? Well, if you're not getting a pay raise and you won the freaking Super Bowl and you're not going to get the years and you're not going to get promoted and it looks like Nagy is more likely to get promoted over you whenever Andy Reid decides to retire, you can't stay in the job. That, that That's almost insane. I hope people understand this. Like, if you were in a job where you have no vertical... Like upward movement at a certain point, and you want to move vertically, and again, you achieved all the highest metrics you could be asked of, which is winning the Super Bowl, and you aren't getting a massive pay raise. How the hell could you stay in a job like that? That's that's all again. I, I don't understand how folks could be shocked. That Bienemy's leaving when the simple fact of the matter is Bienemy had nowhere else to go. He had to leave. The Chiefs weren't gonna pay him. So how can you like I, I just don't understand how folks are shocked at the idea of Eric Bienemy leaving. It 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 actually baffles me that people are shocked that Eric Bienemy is leaving the Chiefs. He had nowhere else to go. He had to leave. There's nothing else to do. He did everything. He did everything possible. He wasn't going to go anywhere within the Chiefs organization. No matter how much Andy Reid advocated for him, management had already made the call years ago. They expected enemy to be hired by somebody else. And he wasn't. Because of the biases in the inherent uh, NFL coaching process. I want to tell you guys something. The NFL released a memo to teams this year outlining how much their screw-ups in the uh, hiring process cost them money. here's, Here's a little truth nugget for you guys. Over the last five years, just five years, NFL teams have spent $800 million on fired coaches and front office executives. Uh, I want to say that again. Over the past five years, $800 million spent on dead weight contracts for coaches and front office execs. There are only 32 teams in the league. There's only 32 teams, guys. 800 million. 
And mind you, it's 32 teams, but, you know, there's not actually, <laughs> there's not actually, you know, that many, uh, in terms of the grand scheme of things, there's not, there's, there's only going to be marginal turnover for the top teams. So realistically, this is speaking to the Carolinas of the world, the Washingtons of the world, the Cardinals of the world, the Texans, you know, all these teams that seem to have issues hiring folks and being accused of racism. 800 million wasted. You know, it, it's it's <laughs> it's comical in a way because it shows how broken the process truly is. It's completely broken because these guys have such biases in terms of their hiring practices of who they want to work with that it's inherently broken in terms of how much money has been wasted. And the, and, the, and the truth of the matter is, you know, it, it's, uh, the, the, the Giants are n- not immune to this. The Giants got an issue with, uh, hiring folks. You know, they, uh, they had Joe Judge on a five-year deal. They had Pat Shermer on a five-year deal. You know, it, it's it's just <laughs> it's kind of comical. It, truth be told, it really is comical because these guys don't want to hire the proper candidates. They'd rather hire the guys that they want to get along with more, but may not be the most qualified person. It, it, it's really that simple. And, you know, we could say it's racism, but, you know, some people will say, oh, you can't call them racist. Prejudice, maybe. I don't know. But the fact that folks can't acknowledge that this process is inherently broken is part of the problem with the NFL. Because you cannot tell me that $800 million in dead contracts over five years is... A functional, a functional work, work product. It's just the fact that the NFL makes so much money that they could just write it off. But eight hundred million over five years. I mean, what are we doing, folks? Absolutely crazy. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll bring uh, my dad on to get his thoughts on the Super Bowl, and uh, we'll, we'll talk on some other NFL matters uh, as we go along. So. Uh, Stay tuned, and we'll we'll get into it uh, uh, shortly thereafter. Don't go anywhere. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast will be right back after our sponsors pay the bills. Welcome back to the show. Hope you got your popcorn ready. All right, folks, so we're going to hop mid-conversation I had with my dad because, 
Apparently, we actually lost part of the audio feed from uh, the original part of the conversation, but you'll still get the general context as we uh, head right in. But we were talking about the NFL coaching hiring cycle and, again, the amount of money teams have wasted over the last couple of years. And, you know, again, talking about how dysfunctional this process truly is. So uh, we'll hop right into uh, uh, the mid-conversation. You give... Uh, uh, oh my God, I'm, I'm, uh, Lovey, you give Lovey the job, you give him nothing, nothing to work with, you don't give him a quarterback, you don't give him any, you know, blue chip players, and that team fought right down to the end, okay, fought right down to the end, nobody could say it was a gimme playing the Texans this year. According to, um, I'm trying to remember who said it. He says it's the only one on the team, one win team that nobody wants to play. Yeah, because meanwhile, you have Jeff Saturday actively tanking on the Colts, and yeah. somehow he was still in the running to be the, uh, the next head coach, uh, the permanent coach of the Colts. Yeah. The guy who was tanking intentionally. So, so you give Lovey nothing to work with, and then. You fire him. Look, look, let me tell you something. Lovey won that last game for spite. Oh, without he's question. He's like, he's like, he's like, Lovey said, wait, wait a minute. You actually want me to tell these guys? And I think that's why Lovey lost his job. Eh? I think that, that's why Lovey lost his job. Because Lovey was trying to win these games. You know, the Dallas game uh, is just a, a, a mistake that he did. So it looked like they tell Lovey, you're not following orders. we telling you one thing and you're doing something else. Yeah, they wanted him. I think that's why they, Lovey got fired. They, wa- they wanted him to tank the way the Colts were tanking with, uh, yeah. with Jeff Saturday. That's exactly what was going on. Yeah. And so when that when when the last game of the year went down with uh, between them and the Colts, like, it was clear. The ultimatum was clear. It's like, this is a big game. We need you to lose this. So, that... that which, which, uh, which, which, again, was one of the more comical games because most of, most of the players and coaching staff on the Texans kind of know they need to lose this game. So, you saw something... Ga- like, this was one of the weirdest games I've ever seen. Like, and I know people don't care about week... I mean, we used to call it week 17. It's week 18 in the NFL. But it's like, that Colts-Texas game was one of the strangest games I've ever seen oh, because you literally saw guys kind of quit on plays and you saw coaching decisions that didn't make much sense because it's like, I don't even think amongst Lovey's staff they were all behind him with trying to win that game. Some guys were still trying to kind of tank that game too. It's like, it was one of the strangest games you will ever see because you can tell the Colts were trying to lose that game. The Texans... About 80% of them were on Lovey's side, but there was a good 20% still like, I think I can keep my job if I lose this one here. And all it takes is a couple of people just to take a game. Like, it was the strangest game. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just I just think that, the, and like I say, the, the people I'm really pissed off at is the press because they have keep this shit quiet for years and they're still doing it. Oh yeah, well, th- well, this is my this is my whole this is my whole spiel against Stephen A. Smith saying 
that Eric Bieniemy has to, had to leave Andy Reid to get a head coaching job because Matt Nagy didn't have to leave uh, Andy Reid to, to, to get a head coaching job. Doug Peterson didn't have to leave. What they were not. They were not play callers. What makes you think Eric Bieniemy is going to get a head coaching job and, off of? And he's not going to get a head coaching job. You don't. You know. You, he, here's the thing. And the thing that annoys me the most about this situation is the the uh, like Washington's up for sale. Ron Rivera is a lame duck coach. You know why he's a lame duck coach? Because uh, Sean Payton was interviewing for that job when Ron uh, Ron Rivera didn't even didn't even know it. But the thing is, Sean Payton's not going to go into that situation not knowing who the owner's going to be. So that's the only reason why Ron Rivera didn't get fired. Like the the it, to me, like Eric Bieniemy only got a two year deal, and it's a frustrating thing because to me he needed three to four years, which again isn't common for coordinators. But with his track record, that's one of those things where you sh- you could be able to press for that in order to get 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 a gig. But the thing of it is, is it should have never even come to this. But the fact of the matter is, Kansas City was going to force out Biennemi because they already had Nagy back in the fold. Kafka already left. And the ownership, they know Andy's getting up there in age. But they're not going to hire Eric Biennemi to be the next coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. So, in a sense, they let his contract run out. And Biennemi's stuck with a situation where you got owners who have no intention of ever promoting you. And aren't going to pay you what you're worth. So you could keep staying there and get diminishing returns. Because I don't know how you're going to top that Super Bowl run. When you uh, when you traded Tyreek Hill in the offseason. And a whole bunch of people said you weren't even going to make the playoffs. I hope people remember this. Like people thought Kansas City's offense was going to struggle enough that they weren't going to make the playoffs. Oh, yeah. This was, this yeah, was yeah. stated multiple times. So like everyone complaining about the Chiefs. Like talking about nobody believed in us. Uh, and they're like, oh, well, the odds maker said you were only third to make uh, to win the Super Bowl. Th- th- that's not what they're talking about. They're talking about the media members who said they were going to finish behind uh, the Chargers and the Broncos. Because there were multiple uh, outlets stating that they were going to uh, be behind those teams. Oh, yeah, because don't forget, they had the, the, the AFC, uh, no, as, uh, as the, the, that, that, you know, high-powered thing, and it, it turned out <laughs> to be a one-team race, you know. So, the, you know, because the Chargers were shit, the Broncos were shit, you know, and the Raiders were shit. So, all, all the teams that they had above Kansas City basically fell flat because what they were saying is that Kansas City is the only team, team that subtracted and everybody has added, you know, because uh, Derek Carr got, got, got uh, Smith and... Yeah, you know, I, like I didn't, even talk, I didn't even talk about the Raiders, but yeah, the, yeah. The, when Devontae yeah, Adams... Yeah, when Devontae Adams came into the fold, yeah, yeah the, like the Raiders were a trendy pick too. So, like, yeah. when the Chiefs are talking about nobody yeah. believed in us, yeah, it's because they, they got overlooked in a way. Because yeah. they, they, they said there was no way the Chiefs were capable of I making that run. 
And I and I and I and I still say and I still say this. The Chiefs were the third best team in the AFC. I still think the Bengals were a better team, and I still think the Bills were a better team. But guess what? If you're a championship team, you still find a way to be a better team. And that's what the Chiefs did. They found a way. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The, the, what I look, let me tell you something. I think Tyreek Hill leaving actually made Mahomes a better passer because there were times in years gone by where I thought that he left good plays on the field and tried to make the big play down to Tyreek. And he threw a couple interceptions that he shouldn't have because he shouldn't have been trying to force that ball, you know, whereas this year, he, t- he took those mid-range plays. He killed people with that this year. He killed people with the mid-range plays, you know, so that when he was ready to stretch the field, it was much easier to throw because this year he made people defend the whole field, the whole field. And certain people had to stay where they were. And, and that gave him chance to run. It also gave him chance to make those 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 throws, those short throws, you know, because he took it. You know, and, then, and a couple of years ago, he wasn't taking it. He yeah. was going for that big one and forcing the ball, you know. So I, I, I actually think they made him a better quarterback this year. Yeah, and, and, and wait until they actually get receivers. <laughs> it's like... It's, because, like, they 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 only took a flyer on Juju because they didn't really have much in options. Now that they actually have a draft to take advantage of, okay, can, let's get some let's get some weapons that we can work with. Yeah, like the Sky Moors in the world, and like uh, like those were flyers uh, that they took shots on. Like they they haven't actually drafted any stud receivers in ages. <laughs> yeah, because your your favorite player. Uh, he went into witness protection in the in the in the Super Bowl. Hey, 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 hey! Montenegro, Villarreal, Scandinavia. You know, he had he had his moment in the AFC title game. All right. Yeah. Uh, he he. Uh, uh, well, maybe this is breakout game. He got like, and he just no, no. That was a different jersey. I'm back to myself. <laughs> I mean, that guy. Did he catch a pass? Uh, I think he caught one pass. I think he caught one. I think he. I think he caught one pass. I want to call you and tell you, hey, dude, you, you realize your guy. <laughs> I haven't, you know. Listen, because listen, they, like, they, listen. There, there are there. Name call as a as a receiver, but there are there are there are a lot of things that I missed in the Super Bowl. Mainly because I didn't expect the the Eagles to betray their own identity and attack style, but the one thing I did not miss on was the fact that I thought I thought MVS was the worst was the worst play of the sl- of the entire game. Oh, actually, you're right, Pop. You're, you're right, Pop. I got it wrong. He did not catch a pass. He did I'm not catch you. a pass. He did not catch a pass. I thought I, he caught. I thought he caught one. No. He did not catch a pass. No. I'm telling you, because I kept saying, hey, wait a minute. I thought this guy would, you know, have a great Super Bowl because all the other all the other guys are kind of halfway injured. 
So he would step up again. And I'm like, I keep saying, again, he doesn't, he goes here, he goes there, he goes, and it's not like if he's a big threat, so like they're doubling him or anything. It's like, I mean, that guy is is something else. He didn't catch anything. It's like, hey, I got you guys here. It's, it's, it's my day off. <laughs> uh, oh my god. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Kelly. Yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. Kelly. We'll, we'll catch you up another time. Okay, son. Take it easy. All right. Bye. Yeah. And you know, j- just to circle back on the whole B enemy situation. I know folks are like there's they're they're gonna cry racism. I mean, yes, <laughs> like there is, there is absolutely prejudice at play here. But at the end of the day, this is also a labor issue because Eric Bieniemy, it, it's a lateral move, but it's a lateral move. He didn't have a choice; he had to make it because he was never gonna get the contract from the Chiefs that he got from the Washington. I hope everyone realizes this. The Chiefs were never going to pay him what Washington was going to pay him. They were not going to give him the assistant head coaching title that Washington was going to give him. So, yes, is it a lateral move? Yeah. But he wasn't going to get the contract or the terms that he was going to get from Washington. And, yeah, it's a worse situation overall, without question. You're going from Patrick Mahomes to Sam Howell. And no, it, he is still less likely to get a head coaching gig than Matt Nagy, who's going to be the new offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. Is that Does that mean that Matt Nagy's more qualified? Hell no. But it's just the nature of the beast. Like, he had to make a decision that he was forced into. Because realistically, you're only going to be able to make so much money in your life. And Biennemi had to make the decision of, all right, I still can't get a head coaching gig despite the fact that I'm more than qualified because we already talked about his credentials. He is more than qualified to be an NFL head coach. You see less qualified. Like you see both coordinators of the Eagles go with less than half the experience the enemy has. They've never even been a head coach at a different level. And yeah, everyone wants to complain about the enemy at Colorado and the recruiting scandal. Yeah, but he was still a head coach. He still has experience. Like It's a complete farce trying to argue that there isn't bias at play in terms of the, of the hiring practices. But guess what? Biennemi's own employer is guilty of it because the Chiefs were never going to offer him that contract. They weren't. So everyone's saying if he waited out... The Chiefs are going to make him the replacement Andy Reid. Don't you think the Chiefs would have done that by now? I mean, come on, guys. You got to live in the real world. The Chiefs were not going to make Eric Bieniemy the next head coach after Andy Reid. They were not going to give him the promise deal that uh, New England gave Josh McDaniels if he stuck it around and waited, waited out Bill Belichick. They weren't going to do it. it, it it's just, it is what it is. So Bieniemy had to make the move. He didn't, I could, I could tell you, I'm sure he did not want to move to a team going through a sale that could fire him as soon as the new ownership comes in. I'm sure he, that's not ideal for him, 
But the fact, the idea that people are saying that he had a place to come back to in Kansas City, and you know, you know, it, it was going to work out. No, Kansas City was ready was ready to move on from Bianami. It's just that they would have taken even more heat for firing a coach that uh, an offensive coordinator that won a Super Bowl with them. That, that that's the truth of that. Like Kansas City, like wasn't looking to move on from Eric Bianami, but. Guess what? They had already lined out uh, like his office for Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy more likely to get the tap to be the replacement for Andy Reid because ownership wanted they like Nagy. It is what it is. You can call it racist. You can call it prejudice, uh, prejudicial uh, bias, but that's the that's the reality situation. That's the situation for life of. Most minority coaches in the NFL. It is what it is. I wish we could say it could change anytime soon, but as my father pointed out, it's more than likely you're going to need another 10, 15 years minimum to actually get into a situation where you're going to get any minority, a true minority representation from a head coaching standpoint to make a relevant difference in the NFL and their hiring practices. The NFL, they, they outlined to their owners how much their bias is costing them money. Over $800 million wasted with bad hires. And part of it is due to their own biases. They can't help themselves. Anyway, I'm getting on out of here. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll, we'll get back into some... Uh, uh, NBA talk is, uh, and also the EPL. So more to come in the next uh, couple of weeks. But uh, until now, have a good one, folks. Uh, be well. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major outlets. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.